0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Hello there, I'm Austin Bristow and you're listening to On The List. For episode 19 on Saturday, February 6th, my guest is one of Pitcherless newest hires, Chris Schwabsy Weber. Schwebs, how are we doing? Oh, uh, we're doing great. I'm so happy to be here. I am happy to have you on. So for those of you who haven't joined us yet, each week I'll be joined by a writer on the Pitcherless staff. We'll talk baseball, talk about what they've been working on recently, and we all like we like to do a mailbag session at the end where we answer your questions. You can send those questions directly to me on Twitter at bristowski, or even easier, you can join our pitcher list (PL+) Plus Discord server where I ask for them each week. Now, uh, Chris, where can the people find you on Twitter?
2: I can be found on Twitter at schwebzi. That is S H W E B S I. I can also be found on Twitch. And uh, if you if you Google Schwabzi, you can find like my entire video game history because I think I've been going by that name for like 20 years.
1: Yeah, so I. Prior to about a month or two ago, I had only ever known you as Schwebzi. That was the only name I'd ever known you by. We played some games together. You've been you've been a member of the community for a long time. You just recently were hired on um, onto the pitcherless staff, and that it was only after you were hired that I learned your name was Christopher Weber, and that was a, that was a shock.
2: Yeah, there was a it, there was a fun couple of days where everyone was like, "Who is this person?" because <laughs> I I had to I had to like take Shrebsy out behind the shed and uh, what what emerged was Chris <laughs> Weber, because uh and I, I I very much understand that this was a good decision for my my, you know, quote brand is to actually like put my face and name on things. Imagine that. But uh yeah, Nick gave me the uh the advice to uh put, put Shwebzy out the pasture and start telling people what my name actually was
1: well for the time being and for the remainder of this podcast I'll primarily be referred to you as Shwebs so look forward to
2: that <laughs> I've gone by so many wacky names but with my friends over the years like uh, there was Shwebzy, Cweb Vanilla Ice, I went by Vanilla Ice a lot with that's some of my friends that's not yeah. good no it's not great it's
1: not great <laughs> I there's very little you can do with Austin Bristow as a, for a nickname uh, for most of my life throughout high school and college. I just went by my last name because in uh, I got very used to it in high school because growing up in a small town, uh, I was went through, you know, grade school, middle school, high school, all with the same people. And there were seven Austins in my class. One of them spelled so you, with a
2: you? Y. So you had all the Austins, there can't be more than that. I
1: I looked it up. Apparently, uh, Austin is the second most popular, uh, male name from 1995, the year I was born. Ah. So, uh, there you go. Thanks stone cold. Yeah, I, I guess, well, for me, actually, it's all a family name. My grand great grandfather was Austin. So there you go. Nice. Yeah, I think Bristow is
2: good because it's one of those names that you could just like really lean into. Like if, if I see you in a
1: crowded room, it's like Bristow. Very you much really that. Very much that. And now a lot of folks at PitcherList here also refer to me as Bristow. And so it's just something I've gotten used to over the years. It's only it's only a little awkward when I go home because my brother and my dad also go by Bristow. Then it gets confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, alrighty. righty. Well, we're not here to talk about me, though. P- the people want to know who is behind the Schwebzy. So go ahead and, you know, we'll start you off with a nice open-ended question here. Just tell me a bit about yourself.
2: Oh, man. So I've been a baseball fan for my entire life, which is why we're here. Funny thing, I was a Yankee fan up until the year 2000 when I had kind of like a I had like a screw you dad moment and I was like I'm gonna root for the Mets instead and that was a bad decision but it's one that we've stuck by <laughs> so uh yeah huge baseball fan I've been playing fantasy baseball for oh, you know as long as fantasy baseball has been like a mainstream thing I, I think Adam Dunn was my first sleeper pick Whoa. so we're we're, go- we're going back quite a bit there um I'm a major, major gamer. Love playing video games. MLB The Show is a major passion of mine. In the last few years, actually, I got got into MLB The Show thanks to a another prominent fantasy community member, Paul Sporer. Watching his streams got me into that, and actually, that that was like a gateway drug for me. Where like doing that stream kind of made me dig more into my baseball fandom. And I, it's probably what I
1: have to thank for, like, being here now. I think if Swore were to listen to this and hear that he is a gateway drug to baseball, I feel like that's how he would want to be seen. <laughs> that's got to be, like, the highest of compliments. See, for it's, honestly, it seems appropriate. Seems appropriate. So
2: yeah, th- thank you, Paul. <laughs>
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. So you said you've been playing fantasy for a long time. Um, How many leagues do you usually do each year? And uh, what's your favorite type of league to play in?
2: So it's funny, I used to play mostly standard leagues. And now I've, I, I was looking through the leagues that I'm in. And I realized that I'm in, like, zero standard-ish leagues anymore. Like, all my Hmm. leagues are weird in some way or another. It's either Dynasty Leagues, AL only, NL only. Uh, I'm I'm in seven leagues now with the... uh, So I just joined a Dynasty League with Pitcherless people. um, And I just got an invite to TGFBI, which is fantastic. Uh, it, It was incredibly nice of Justin to let me in there. Uh, you know pr- just prior to the drop of my first actual ba- fantasy baseball content so you know inc- very generous of him to let me in there so Congrats. it's my first real uh it- it's my first real well, what do you call them uh industry leagues yeah so I'm, I'm really excited to compete with you know some of the best of the best so yeah i i my specialty nowadays i guess you you is deep and dynasty leagues which is you know why i'm doing what i'm doing for pitcher list which we'll get to
1: We'll get to, we'll get to, yeah, you we brought you on pretty much for one specific reason it's uh it's good stuff, we're looking forward to it, but uh man a l only and n l only leagues uh have never once interested me uh i'm 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 in a twenty team dynasty league where we have thirty five man mixed rosters so so that's like seven hundred players it rostered in the league, it's a lot. I have no interest in playing in an NL only league, even if it's only like eight teams, because I don't want to have to roster someone like oh, I don't know who's who's the who who's going to be the Mets. Uh, I was going to say shortstop, but that's a, that's actually a good option nowadays. Luis Guillorme. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I wish I
2: could tell you how many times I considered adding like the pirates eric gonzalez to my roster last year
1: oh that Uh, right see that doesn't sound fun to me
2: (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) at least uh, you know he started out crazy hot and then after that it wasn't fun anymore but yeah my my only leagues are actually kind of fun because it's the same it's an al and an NL only league it's like a pair with the same group of people and when there isn't a pandemic going on we all get together live uh get a get hotel rooms and do a both live drafts over one weekend and it's it's a, it's a real blast and there's a lot of money on the
1: line which i tend to win a lot of so uh it's oh, a boy. good times all around for me man in-person drafts are so much fun uh that's that's one of the things that i miss most uh since i've moved to north carolina we my home league would always do our in-person draft together we, um, even if we'd usually have at least half the group there, if not more, it was a ton of fun just to get together and razz each other about. Oh, you really want to go with that guy, huh? And stuff like that, and yell at each other when when we snipe each other. It's great. Yeah, my
2: co-owner in those leagues is my best friend of like fifteen, sixteen years, and uh the dynamic is it's. I, I want to say like verbally violent is <laughs> is the best way I can
1: put it. Uh, that that is a. Uh, that's It's very reminiscent of one of my uh, groomsmen, one of my best friends from college. I, I very much understand that kind of relationship. Yeah, he's
2: going to be my best man in May, and uh, the month before that, when it's draft time, we might kill each other, you know, right before my wedding, so that'll be fun. <laughs>
1: That's perfect. Well, if anyone is aware of Schwebzee just as a concept, you know that he is a massive Mets fan so uh you you used to be a Yankees fan and now you're a Mets fan uh tell me more about that how how does that how does that come about
2: yeah so i was a yankee fan back in like like when shane spencer was having his ridiculous september <laughs> and like back when tino martinez was a thing and yeah it it was like the 90s so you figure the year 2000 I would have been twelve, so it was you know I wasn't like a real baseball fan yet, you know like I wasn't I wasn't old enough to like be really really into it. I was just kind of like you know doing what my dad did. And then the Subway Series happened. I said, you know what, Dad, I want to root for the other team, and uh, I became a Mets fan. And there were some really good times in the two thousands because you know you you had some really really great Mets teams like uh, the two thousand six team comes to mind. Yeah. And, I mean, I think it builds character. That's the (laughs) nicest thing I can say about Mets fandom. Um, It's a fun lot. Like, I I think there's some really, really great personalities, like, on Mets Twitter and a lot of the Mets fans I've met in my life. And uh, I'm going to catch flack for this, but, like, all the worst people I know are Yankee fans. So, (laughs) I'm... (laughs) yeah back back on staten island where i come from nick pollock dave Sherman, bad bad people (laughs) (laughs) it's not universal it's not universal nick pollock is awful obviously no (laughs) Uh, just so many of the people i know back at home in new york are are, yeah oh man yeah i uh
1: not it's i used to when i was growing up i used to be a cubs fan um My dad, uh, I'm the oldest, and my dad decided he's going to let let me pick my fandom, which is idiotic, uh, looking back, because I didn't pick my fandom, my babysitter picked my fandom. He got me hooked on Sammy Sosa and all those folks back then, so up until about 2010 or so, I was a Cubs fan, uh, and then... Once I started actually watching baseball, I just watched it with my dad a lot. And then I got into, you know, analyzing and stuff like that. And I, because I was watching so many Braves games with my dad, I just did the natural thing and switched to the correct team, just just moved south. So,
2: like the complete opposite of what I did.
1: Yes. I, I, I placated my father, whereas you uh, made, made yours irate. Yeah, you were like, let me bond with my
2: dad, where I was like, let me push him away purposely. (laughs) Um, so as, as Mets and Braves fans, we, we actually hate each other, which I'm sure comes through here.
1: It's true. Yes. Uh, Chris Weber, bad person. Uh, just not what I, anyway, (laughs) I, I think, um, being a Braves fan going through the, like turn the decade, uh, kind of made me understand how it feels to be a Mets fan all the time Um, as the Braves were doing their massive rebuild where our only good player was Freddie Freeman for four years and I mean we, we signed BJ Melvin Upton Jr. and he it was horrible, so it just felt like, yeah, we're gonna. Th- and then we we also had Dan Ugla, who we signed, and was horrible. So it's like we're gonna sign all these, you know, established veterans, and we're gonna be so good. And then they don't pan out at all. I was like, yeah, this is what the Mets feel like.
2: Have you heard that Dan Ugla like coaches Freddie Freeman's kids' team? Is that true? I I've heard it once. The source isn't the best, but I did hear that that's a thing. I.
1: I want Which, that to be true. Yes, if true, I love that. Yeah, cuz cuz I I always liked Ugla as like a person. Um I just wished he was better at playing baseball when he was in an Atlanta uniform. Cuz he was he was so good with Miami.
2: I like Ugla for the same reason that I currently like Dan Vogelbach. It's because I admire anybody who succeeds in the baseball world without a neck. <laughs> That's not
1: where I thought that was going. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Oh, man. So, with the... Uh, being a Mets fan for the past you know two decades, you've had a lot of really interesting players come through. Who's been your favorite player over your lifetime?
2: So, I, I, the easy answer here is uh, David Wright, because how can you not? Um, he yeah. was like... When when he wasn't hurt, he was like having Derek Jeter on your team, only if Derek Jeter was actually good. Ooh. And that's not really Derek Jeter was good. Just Yankee fans overrate him. Um, <laughs> that's true. So my my real answer here. And it was it was like it wasn't really a long term thing because he was only on the team for a few years. But uh, I loved the R.A. Dickey era of mm. when, when he was pitching for the Mets. It's just he was such a fun, engaging, interesting person. Like, he was a knuckleballer, obviously. That is a fun thing. You know, everyone loves a knuckleballer, True. unless you have to hit it. Uh, he was a really fun personality. So at the time that Ari Dickey was pitching for the Mets, I was an avid reader of the blog Amazing Avenue, which is was another major gateway thing for me, like getting into baseball, Amazing Avenue has had some great writers, great content over the year. It's basically just a Mets blog, and the the tone there was just really, really instrumental in kind of like developing uh my attitude towards baseball. And there were so many like face uh, pictures of R. A. Dickey's face superimposed over different things because he just had the goofiest face when he was pitching.
0: <laughs> it was true. like,
2: <laughs> and he, he was just this. He was so fun, man. And I mean, I'm a child. I'm a large child. And his name is Dickie. Like, there was just, there was nothing to dislike. And then he won a Cy Young. And then we traded him for Darno and Thor. Like, it's just, there was nothing bad about his time here.
1: No, that's, that's,
2: even his exit. Yeah, even his exit was hugely beneficial for the franchise.
1: Yeah, one of the, few transactions that have been exclusively great
2: yeah no I I was I actually had done this recently I was going through all of the Mets transactions of the last like decade and the Dickey trade before the Lindor trade was really like the only like you know no doubter this is a great trade wow
1: I mean did you did you happen to notice that the Mets traded for Kelly Johnson from the Braves twice in two years yeah yeah i uh, kelly johnson was was like such a good bench bat for us I like oh that. yeah he was a great bench bat for us and then he was for you <laughs> that is my one of my favorite weird baseball things it Was like 2015 and 16 kelly johnson signs a free agent uh, deal with the braves but then is traded to the mets halfway through both years like what's the chances so good Yeah, I was looking it up just to try and see if there were any knuckleballers left in the game. Um, Not really. In the majors, not right now. Um, The Mets had another one in their system up until this last year. Um, Mickey Janis has been kind of wallowing through AA and AAA. Um, Has now signed on with the Orioles on a minor league deal. Um, And then Stephen Wright is still kind of around in the minors as well. Yeah, that's, there was a
2: uh, there was an article like in the last few years, I want to say it was the WaPo, and it was the Washington Post. And like they kind of just detailed like the state of knuckleballers in the world right now and it was a really really great read I, I wish i had more information to like look it up because it was such a such a fun read and it's there were it, they were talking about like why there are no knuckleballers and uh what like what is the state of knuckleballers in the minor leagues right now and it's it's said that there's no there aren't really any prominent ones because you know like i said earlier it's just fun it's a it's a wild pitch it's unpredictable
1: it's so so weird um now are you aware that uh Tim Wakefield hosted a reality television show where he tried to uh he tried to teach former baseball players how to throw a knuckleball um and the winner of this TV show would get a um minor league deal like some team i don't remember which team it was had signed on and said yeah whoever wins we're, we will sign him to a minor league deal it, and ra Dickey was on a few times it was it was very very strange it ran in like 2012 or 13 like oh how do we bring that back i didn't I,
2: know that existed but yeah I it was it an mlb now.
1: network reality tv show um I'm looking at a few, at some of the things here. I think
2: Ryan Fierabend is still floating around too. I think he was with Toronto most recently. I think.
1: Yeah, it is. uh, It's a it's a dying art, and it's like you said, it's really a disappointment because it's such a fun and interesting like niche in baseball. Right, and I, I think like the allure of
2: it in the modern day, for me, is that we care so much about what is quantifiable and the knuckleball is the complete opposite of that mm-hmm. like you know we care about exactly how pitches break like we care about how they look out of pitchers hands and re- release points all that and the knuckleball is just like forget all of that i'm just gonna do what i want once i leave yeah. the pitcher's hand
1: yeah and i mean it, it goes to show you that when spin rate is one of the new biggest things to judge pitchers, the knuckleballer is doing their utmost to keep it as close to zero as possible. Yeah, what if I take all of that away? What happens then? Yeah, my dad actually throws a heck of a knuckleball. Um, we were playing catch one time, and uh, he was mixing in knuckleballs and i was you know oh just kind of go from high to low try to catch one one of me threw broke like crazy but broke up got me right in the forehead <laughs> right over the top of my glove it was awful <laughs> I, he, he always tried to t- get me to do it and i couldn't figure out the like flick the fingers and while well, doing a throwing motion at the same time but his is wild
2: yeah a, a fun thing about Uh, r.a dickey specifically uh i mean there's so many fun things like i could i I think i could do a podcast just on r.a dickey and talk about him for an hour straight (laughs) but he he had no ucl which is right wild you know what pitcher doesn't have a ucl and also his he didn't like knuckleballs are non-traditional to begin with right he threw a fast knuckleball his knuckleball came in like 10 miles an hour or so faster than a traditional knuckleball and it still did crazy knuckleball things so uh, he's
1: just such a fun player so fun so interesting well alrighty, let's talk about your at this point albeit brief uh career as a industry man but have you gotten into anything so far that you've been like superbly proud of or anything that you're like wow i i'm so glad i'm getting to do this so i i i think i've known justin
2: mason for a few weeks now and he's already uh, other other than nick uh letting me contribute to pitcher list basically every other fantasy baseball industry break has been given to me by justin mason and he's an absolute saint for it. He let me into a GG FBI, which is going to be awesome. I'm in, I'm in a league with some real heavy hitters, and he let me do the Friends with Fantasy Benefits Mets preview, and uh, that dropped like last week or two weeks ago. And yeah, we just, we, just, I just got to talk about the fantasy implications of everything that's been going on with the Mets for for an hour. And it, and uh, yeah, I think that's pr- that's probably the coolest thing I've done in the industry so far. Although that that might change in the coming weeks, wink wink.
1: A, hey. so I went through um, at the beginning of February. I I like to do a way too early standings and playoffs um, prediction, and this year I went through and like did a really rough quantification of each team position by position. Uh, the Mets and the Braves each had respectively 96 and 95 points with the Mets at one point ahead in my not very good system. So I think it's going to be a heck of a race in the NLEs this year.
2: Yeah. So I assume this is
1: pre-Ozuna we're talking. It is.
2: We'll get to that.
1: We will. I I'm talk. so glad we will. <laughs> Alrighty, So, uh, what else? T- what other stuff do you do? You know, outside of baseball, uh, you mentioned you're big into gaming and stuff like that. I, uh, I did hear a rumor. I uh, had Ben Brown on last week. I heard a rumor that you are in a Dungeons and Dragons game with him.
2: Yeah, he probably mentioned his character. He is. He is a barbarian named Gronk.
1: That was it- brought up. I'm. I'm. I'm also going to need you to tell us about your character because oh if anyone knows me I, I am i am a huge D nerd i just i do hope that ben told you the story
2: about how at the end of a one shot he gronk spiked a a crystal that we were trying to destroy um he actually uh, did tell that story yes <laughs> right right because that's uh that's I'll be remembering that one for a while. I love yeah. It, so dude. my character is a dragonborn paladin. And, uh, the reason I chose that was, uh, it was a little bit of crowdsourcing. I, I pulled in the fiance to, uh, look at a few classes and ask her, uh, if any of them were, uh, were resonating with her. And I, she picked the scaly faced dragon, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. So, uh, <laughs> and then the, uh, paladin thing kind of goes back to my world of Warcraft days where I was a, uh, paladin main. So the, uh, the i and i am a oh oh what, what i took an oath of vengeance so i'm all about Ooh. just defeating the forces of darkness and whatnot because i'm a, i'm bad at role-playing so i just wanted to basically be like dungeons and dragons batman and just be like i am the knight and and kill <laughs> demons and stuff
1: honestly uh oath of vengeance paladins are some of the strongest mechanically in the game so that's it's a great start there for you. Um, it's been fun. That's so It's a good. really fun group of people. That's so good, yeah. I, uh, uh, I'm i in two groups right now. I could talk about D&D for an hour like you could talk about R.A. Dickie, So we'll stop there so I don't uh, bore everyone with that. But uh, what other stuff are you into besides baseball, besides D&D, all that kind of stuff?
2: yeah so uh out in the real the real non-baseball world i do it as a profession so uh that that definitely extends to the home where i have i have like like six or seven computers at home like i just i i i'm a i'm a, like a tech hoarder i have all these computers i do home automation do
1: you use all of them uh,
2: yes mostly sure <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm I'm always looking for like the next the, the next fun techie thing that I can play with. I actually I, I actually still have like a handful of like techie Christmas gifts that I haven't even like started fiddling with yet. Mm. But uh, I love my home automation. Got my uh, my a- uh, Amazon Echo environment and whatnot. Uh, you know, we mentioned the gaming. I do Twitch streaming. Uh, I I was heavy into Twitch streaming uh, when MLB the show 20 dropped. Mm. I was streaming. I don't know like. 10, 12 hours a week, and uh, that will probably be happening again starting April twentieth, or when uh, MLB The Show twenty one drops. Oh really looking forward to that. Uh, I, I, so like many people, when the pandemic started, so did my collecting of baseball cards. So now uh, I've grown a pretty big collection of Mets baseball cards in the last year or so. Very nice. And, uh, very nice. Dude, I, I'm normally, under normal conditions, I am a very big uh, basketball player, and I love softball, but that kind of has died in the last year. Dude, I haven't played
1: basketball in a year. I miss it so much. I know. I I miss, I was talking to people today, I was just saying I miss Ultimate Frisbee. Uh, like, I, I was in a league and everything, it was so much fun, and man, have I gotten out of shape. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I got that COVID-15. Yep, the quarantine 15. Me too, buddy. Me too. Well, alrighty, That's good stuff. Now, honestly, we better stop teasing the people. Uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead, tell the people what you were hired to do at Picture List.
2: So what I was hired to do, other than constantly give Nick a hard time, is... I will be doing a podcast called In the Deep, and that is going to be a deep and dynasty-focused podcast with my buddy Jordan White. And funny thing about uh, me and Jordan, when I was doing that podcast I mentioned earlier, that spot with Justin on the Friends with Fantasy Benefits, I forgot my own co-host's last name. So I was like, and I'll be doing this with my co-host, Jordan. Yes. (laughs) Jordan. Jordan. You know, Jordan, Jordan, you know, Jordan,
1: great so, guy, yeah.
2: Jordan White. <laughs> I, I have since I have since made it a point to actually know my co-host last name. <laughs> so, yeah, no, uh, we uh, we will be doing that podcast. Uh, first episode will be dropping soon, uh, really soon. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you if you look on basically any podcast provider, uh, the trailer's already up there. Uh, it's called in the deep, so it might be hard to find because there. There, I wish I had looked at this before I named the damn thing. But there are so <laughs> many podcasts with those words in the title, so many deep dives and into the deeps, and oh man!
1: But we're there. I swear, we're there somewhere. I believe in you. Yeah, it's gonna be very exciting. Uh, having you know, additional people doing their audio thing here at Pitchless, it's gonna be great.
2: Yeah, so uh, what we'll be doing uh, this first this first episode that's dropping shortly is going to be kind of an intro to everything. And then in the six episodes between that and opening day, we will be going division by division and kind of hitting on all of the deep league relevant players like ADP 300 and up.
1: That's awesome. And there's there's a lot of good need for that for folks, unlike myself, who do want to play in AL and NL only leagues and uh in the deep will actually be one of a lot of new podcasts here at picture list uh one of the most exciting new things from 6.0 relaunch is our picture list podcast network it's gonna be big it's gonna be exciting and we are launching in just a few days from when we're recording this so it's gonna be fantastic
2: just three more days man i'm so hyped
1: i know by the time you guys are listening to this, I think it will probably have already launched. And honestly, you, you'll you probably be listening to this a week after it's launched because you'll have so much more content <laughs> at that point to get through. So it's great stuff. We're happy to have you and everyone else on board and producing more fantastic audio content here for Picture List. Although I will say... Um, within the community itself there have been uh, rumbles that uh, you're out here trying to steal the title of best voice at Pitcher List um, which I, I, I mean I guess
2: you know it's, it's, very, it's very upsetting because I've been told all my life mostly by my mother that I have a great voice for radio and i so i've internalized that i'm like my voice is awesome and then i get to pitcher list and then i've got you i've got jordan all, all <laughs> these people with other great voices and i'm like hey that's my thing you can't also have a great voice Ha,
1: got not him. fair and not only do i have a good voice i was also here first <laughs> <laughs> which counts for very little <laughs> But Yeah, it's it's been the it's been the kind of running gag around Pitchless that I've got kind of the NPR voice. And so I've just been kind of just leaning into that because sure, may as well. <laughs> it's so good. Not going to yeah, lie. I appreciate it. I, I, I honestly I don't try. It's just this is just what my voice sounds like I like I yeah. I never know what to say. It's like, thanks. I, I grew it myself. Man. It's not fair. I, I, I grew it myself. I don't know. <laughs> so what kind of stuff um, do you stream other games besides like MLB The Show? Or what kind of stuff have you been streaming lately?
2: So uh, it's it's basically purely MLB The Show. I, I, I'm i kind of still... So this was my my first year really going after the whole streaming thing. And I'm kind of trying to figure out exactly what I want to do with it. Uh, I would like to be more of a variety streamer like lately I've been playing uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and I would love to stream that too but I know that as of right now if I started streaming that I would have like literally zero or one viewer or something so it's just not a fun thing to do so uh, I I think the goal is to kind of like build my audience with the baseball streaming ideally and then you know use that to branch out but we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah. I I I am admittedly way, way behind the ball as far as Twitch goes. Um I I now have a Twitch account and follow a few people, like mostly like video game people from YouTube that do most of their stuff now on Twitch. Um, but Every time that I am like, "Oh, my!" Uh, I see a person is streaming. I should go watch. I, I jump in, and they're either like at the very beginning and nothing's happening, or they're in the middle, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on because I haven't watched them stream in like a week, so I don't know what's what this game is or what's going on in the story. And so I've not, I've not really gotten into Twitch.
2: That's the struggle with story games, and that's a, a reason I'm hesitant to play those on uh, yeah. on stream.
1: Yeah, it's, it's I always worry. Things. Like,
2: like I'm, you know, I'm 20 hours into Jedi Fallen
1: Order. Why am I going to start streaming it now? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to play that at some point. I don't. I've heard very, very dope th- game. I've heard good things, which is great because I, I don't know if you played uh, Force Unleashed back in the day. Yes, uh, I loved the first iteration of Force Unleashed. I was very disappointed to learn that it's not actually canon anymore.
2: They 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 ruined a bunch of nerds' hopes and dreams when they decanonized all that uh, EU stuff.
1: It was just so cool, right? <laughs> and see, you guys, we're not just baseball nerds. We're just nerds. Yeah, we're just
2: garden variety nerds that like it's baseball. Also,
1: baseball and D and D and Star Wars, and I assume you've been watching Wandavision and <laughs> obviously. Of course. I haven't seen the fifth episode yet, so... Oh, man. I've heard good things.
2: (laughs) Yes, it it is a must-watch. I'm glad I didn't spoil anything.
1: Oh, yeah. Fingers crossed. We'll be getting to that uh, in the next few days. Elizabeth's schedule has been a little wonky recently. She's been working later, so... We'll get to it at some point. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and... Uh, I will stand in for Justin Mason and fill those shoes. Let's talk about the Mets, because there there are many people who might be just as qualified, but few that are more qualified. So, Schwebs, uh, the Mets have done stuff this offseason. Uh, they've done so much stuff. They've some done so good. much stuff. Some,
2: they've, some of it bad.
1: They've traded for one of the best players in baseball. They've... Uh, They've gotten a new owner, and they—boy oh boy—have they been in the news for a lot of stuff other than that.
2: I have such incredible mixed feelings on what has happened this off season. It's like any off season where you acquire Lindor and Carrasco both, and don't really give up all that much. Like that's got to go down as a win for an off season overall.
1: But there's so much other stuff. There's so it's like, much other stuff. Uh, Let's go ahead. Let's let's talk about the Lindor Carrasco trade. That is exclusively a good thing for the Mets. Yes, yes. Um, I
2: was I was a little bit. I'll admit I I had a little bit of trepidation when that trade was first announced because it's great to get Lindor great to get Carrasco. But and this is going to this is going to be a theme in my evaluation of the offseason overall. They were giving up assets that weren't money. And that's really not where the team should be looking to improve right now. Um, When Steve Cohen came along, the thought was, great, we've got all this money now, and he is going to throw his weight around and improve the team that way. But then we gave up Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, and Isaiah Green. Uh, I think Josh Wolf also Mm -hmm. was the fourth. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's not a minor league system that can afford depletion. They did good in not giving up their top guys. But it, I, I just don't think that that is the way they should be going about things right now. And this, so their biggest offseason signing was James McCann. Yeah. And if you told me at the beginning of the offseason that that would be the case, I would say, wow, well, we screwed up the offseason. So it yeah, looks like I, what happened— was I know that's... the
1: Mets were were supposed to be one of the, one of basically two big players between the Mets and the Phillies as far as Real Muto goes. Uh, and they were very much in on Bauer and whatnot as well. So there was a lot. I think they were rumored to be connected with George Springer or uh, a few others. Even like they were, the Mets seemed to be talking to just about everybody.
2: Yeah. So it looks like what happened was they heard Real Muto's initial asking price, balked at it, and then jumped on McCann in what was seemingly an overpay, given the, how the rest of the offseason has gone. And then Real Muto signed for much less than we kind of all expected him to. He got like five for 115. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like that was a major misreading of the market by the Mets. Yeah. Because and- it... it very much looks like they could have slow played the catcher market and came away with either one of them for a, you know, below market deal. Like, I think if you're paying real Muto less than 25 million a year, like that's good is the best catcher in baseball. And it's not particularly close. Right. So now we've got McCann for four years and we are very much hoping that his small sample size gains on both offense and defense hold up
1: right yeah he was a uh he's been very good for the past two years um that's those two years though total uh just barely over um 500 plate appearances so that's or sorry just under 600 really so it's it's like a year basically um yeah you hope that this is the new McCann. He's just kind of reinvented himself after leaving the Tigers. Um, it's certainly possible that the White Sox saw something in his swing and in his mechanics that they were able to improve upon, and this is he's going to be able to bring that to New York. Um, it's just going to, we're going to have to wait and see. Right. Uh, I mean,
2: if the improvements stick, you're looking at maybe the best. Catch a bargain in baseball because ten million a year for if those skills are real, then that's actually a real good value. Yeah, but um, it, it's just I, I think the Mets had a good off season. I I just can't shake the feeling that it very easily could have been significantly better.
1: I get that. I I that's that makes a lot of sense. Um, now. Let's go ahead, and I just want to ask, how would you have felt if they had signed Bauer? We know now, uh, as of yesterday, that Trevor Bauer has signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, I believe it was three years, $115 million, something along those lines. Um, so big money was thrown towards getting Bauer. Um, if, if the Mets had signed for that same contract, how would you have felt?
2: I don't think I would have been particularly happy about it paying him eighty five million dollars over the next two years, especially forty five million dollars in twenty twenty two when Cano's twenty million dollars are back on the books mm. um I think that would have destroyed their payroll i and I mean that's purely monetary that's not even talking about the likely regression the uh, sticky substances that everyone is pretty convinced that he's using. Uh, it doesn't mention at all his personality issues. Supposedly, Francisco Lindor signed off on him being a good teammate. And I haven't heard too many reports of clubhouse friction with Bauer other than Garrett Cole. But I mean, from a fan and optics perspective, he just seems like the worst.
1: He's just, he just. The worst. Like, very, very, very antagonistic person. Just he he doesn't he's not interested in coming off as a good guy. I don't know if he likes playing the heel or something like that. If it's oh, he, if
2: he certainly seems to.
1: Yeah, it's from what I've from what I've read, it seems like he does a pretty good job of focusing on the game when he's in the stadium and in the clubhouse, very good competitor from what I hear. Um, but his, his social media presence is not fun <laughs> unless you're into trolling. He's a very good troll. If you, if you're into that kind of stuff, but no, it's, it's difficult to say the least.
2: Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> I feel like it was kind of a lose-lose situation or win-win. Like re- it, it really depends on if you're a fan of Bauer or not. Cause if like, if they sign him, you've got, you know, the best number two star in baseball probably, or, you know, at least one of the few best.
1: Yeah.
2: And I, I'm, I'm just, I, I would have hated everything that comes with that on field talent. Because uh, you can definitely chalk me up as not a fan of Bauer the person. Uh, the, the the list of what he has done is is long. It's out there if you look for it. I I would not have enjoyed having him on the team. I, I worry a little bit about how he would have meshed with like Stroman, Syndergaard. Um,
1: yeah, because the Mets that, already have
2: some big personalities. Right. That's pure speculation on my part. So you can probably ignore that. But and especially right after the whole Jared Porter and Mickey Calloway thing, the optics of signing Bauer would have been terrible, like really bad. Just even the fact that they were willing to throw $40 million a year at him leaves a really bad taste in my mouth.
1: Yeah. And let's just, uh, I do want to, I did want to talk about, uh, Calloway and Porter here. Um, it's not good. No, no, it's, not great. It shows a lot of ugly sides of the behind the scenes in baseball. And I think we've seen a lot of that ugliness through negotiations on the shortened season and stuff like that of the business side. But this shows ugliness of the human side of the kind of management of baseball. It's hard to hard to read about some of these things.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, we are we are wildly unqualified to talk about this kind of thing, probably. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just it it's not fun when this stuff is written off as LOL Mets when these issues are really pervasive throughout all of baseball, because Porter Porter was a Met when he got fired, and it's bad that this slipped through in the interview process. And it's bad that Sandy Alderson and no one on the Mets interviewed any women about Jared Porter. Uh, But it's, that is something that I desperately hope will be changed in the future. Like the fact that the Callaway thing came out afterwards, I, I don't feel like that's a further ding because that happened before the Porter thing. And we already knew this was a problem. We already yeah. knew it was a significant problem. So, you know, obviously the process wasn't going to be better a couple of years ago. Um, but it's just it's very upsetting that both Callaway and Porter made it this far in their careers without being exposed as the terrible people they are. Like, especially with Callaway, you had these reporters telling these media members telling each other, like, watch out for this guy. He's problematic. He's you know, he's going to say creepy stuff to you and he's going to send you these text messages. And it's it's wild that he's made it to a few different teams and it's never gotten called out or, you know, he's he's never gotten admonished for it. There was yeah. a whole incident with Jeff McNeil when uh, they, they were doing like an adopt a puppy event and uh, Jeff McNeil found a puppy he liked and he said yeah i want to adopt this puppy but i need to check with my wife and calloway says something to the effect of uh, a real man wouldn't ask his wife and like that should have been like the war i mean it was a warning sign like everyone heard that and was like oh i guess he's that kind of guy that sucks and uh it turned out to be much worse than even that so i i don't know like it's it's fun to, for some people to write those off as the wacky Mets having problems again, but it's reductive and harmful to just laugh it off as the Mets being the Mets.
1: Yeah, like, it's it's very difficult um, to try and understand the perspective of women in the sports realm, because um, we sports is such a huge huge. Market and business um, that is so utterly dominated by men—it's—it's um, it's encouraging to see Kim Ang now in her position as the general manager of the Miami Marlins. But it's a step in the right direction, but it's—it's it's just a step. We haven't—we haven't solved these issues clearly. Um, no, I think there needs to be. I would I would love to see a more thorough investigation of the league as a whole and to talk, be able to talk openly about okay after doing this investigation here is what we found and it wasn't good cuz I think I think every baseball fan knows I w- I would imagine at almost every team there is going to be issues similar to this if you look because I just feel like women in baseball are, in all sports, are so discriminated against and treated so much more poorly than their male counterparts. Um, so I'd love for the league to come out and say we are acknowledging this, and we are we have a plan, and we are taking steps to not only protect but to encourage women and encourage um, the owners and the teams to bring more women in to the sport and make them a part of our sport
2: yeah I mean it's one of those things where it's just like how many times does this have to happen before there's sweeping change it's yeah like what what's going to do it like what, what what can happen that's bad enough that change would actually happen like how like how are they not realizing that this needs to change
1: yeah it's it's a very it's a very sad problem that seems like it just has a simple solution of okay let's find all those guys and get them out of there and Replace them with people that will respect women, or even better yet, replace them with women. But unfortunately, the business end makes it far, far more complicated. So, I, I would like to see the Mets and now the Angels, where Callaway is currently, um, currently employed. I'd love to see sweeping changes at least in those within those organizations. Um, I mean, to a lesser extent, the stuff that, uh, Steve Cohen has done has been interesting as well. I mean, clearly not as, uh, not as, you know, vindictive and dangerous as the Calloway and Porter things, but Cohen has made himself some weird news <laughs> as well. So I, I said all along
2: in the Cohen hiring process or, or purchasing process that there is no such thing really as a non-problematic person with that much money. So I don't think we should be at all surprised that he does like shady things with hedge funds and stocks. Um, I feel like we can file this one under LOL Mets because like how ridiculous is all of this? Yeah. Like, like he's, he had to like quit Twitter and he was him. And this part is not funny. Him and his family were getting like death threats because of GameStop stock.
1: Social media is so dumb. I I know. Oh my gosh. That sentence doesn't make sense (laughs) and shouldn't have to be a real thing. Like, I don't understand. Like, yes, he definitely said some antagonistic and dumb things on yes. Twitter, but that doesn't mean the man deserves death threats. Le- just let him be dumb and make fun of him for being dumb. Don't be violent. Come on. It's the wild. Mets are so freaking weird.
2: I know. It's like, it's, you know,
1: the. Dude, and I mean, what's I, what's
2: that I, the, Fallout thing? War never changes. It's like it's like
1: <laughs> Mets, Mets never change. Mets Mets never change. <laughs> and I mean, even I I had forgotten that Cano is suspended for the year. When you yeah. mentioned Cano's salary, I had forgotten that that's also kind of hanging over everything currently, right? I, I mentioned that with Mason. And I was yeah. like, it's going to be
2: terrible next year when everyone remembers like, Oh yeah. Cano going to be our starting second baseman at like 42 years old in the year 2022. Ooh, that's for $20
1: million plus. That ain't great. It's not great. Not ideal. Oh man. But it's been, it's been at the very least, it's been an eventful off season that it has. Ugh. <sighs> At least you're not, you know, sitting on your thumbs going, well, uh,
2: hmm. Yeah, it's better than the Wilpons. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. It is is better than that. That's fair. Actually, that's actually one of the things that slightly upsets me about this offseason. It's because nothing that the Mets have done in this offseason to date is something that they wouldn't have done with the Wilpons, because nothing they've done so far has really involved that much money. That's a good point.
1: I haven't really thought about it like that
2: until they actually like extend Lindor or extend Conforto or something. Like, I it's the off season leaves a bit of a sour taste in my mouth in spite of getting Lindor. Yeah, I feel I feel like such a Debbie Downer because we got Francisco Lindor and that's so good. That's so great. And Cookie yeah. Carrasco, that's great. McCann and May, really good moves. I I hope about McCann. <laughs> but I'm still over here like moaning. Because yeah. but yeah. I, I think the team is much better on the field. That's that that is my that is my final statement. I just thought the offseason would have gone differently.
1: Yeah, it, it, I I definitely when you have a an, a new owner who says he's going to spend money and you see the kind of pieces that are on free agency. You're like, Oh yeah, this could, this could be really cool. We can get George Springer in here and we could get, we could get uh JT Ramuto. Okay. Okay. I've got some ideas of how this could look. And then it just doesn't. So it's, yeah, I definitely understand. You know, it's, we, it's been they weird. had,
2: they had an incredible bridesmaid off season. It's like it was announced that they had hand. Then they didn't get hand. It was announced that they got Bauer. Then they didn't get Bauer. They were the last man out on Springer as well. So just a real
1: banner offseason for
2: being the uh, second-best team in negotiations.
1: That's that's another interesting way to think about it, yeah. But, I mean, hey, big signing of the offseason, Jose Martinez. And we, we got Malik Smith. That's cool. Did Love you just Malik, sign Smith. Malik Smith? Yeah, we got Malik Smith. I didn't even know that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, they have a lot of guys. They, they did what they've done a really, really good job of. And this makes me happy this offseason is uh, they've really, really improved the team's depth. There's a handful of guys in the minor leagues that if you look at their like, you know, triple A team on roster resource, there's a lot of I know that guys like Brandon Drury always seems mm. to pop up and hit for a week or two for some random team, whether it's New York, the the Yankees or, or uh, Arizona. They got Jose Martinez, who theoretically is a really great platoon bat. Malik Smith, great, uh, super fast, otherwise super bad at baseball, but he's real fast. <laughs> he's real fast. <laughs> got, you know, <laughs> L- they got Lucchese. They got, uh, oh, God, there's one I'm forgetting, uh, Jared Eikhoff. Lots of lots of uh, depth on the team compared to last year, where they were starting guys like Corey Oswalt and Walter Lockett, which are basically in my head curse words at this point. <laughs> I hate Corey Oswalt so much. Sports hate sports hate. I'm sure he's a fine guy, but I
1: sports hate Corey Oswalt. I I get that. I that's that is my biggest gripe about the current. Atlanta Braves is I don't think their depth is very good at all. I think their starting roster, their lineup is nasty. I think they're going to mm-hmm. have some really cool pitching bringing in Smiley and Morton, great signings on both of those. Uh ooh, if we if we have some injuries, we are going to have problems. I mean, we saw it with when Duval went down. Uh, I mean, we brought in Pache, but he didn't do much. So it's going to be interesting if the Braves have any form of injuries because there's there's not much to back it up in the minors anymore. Our, our system isn't the number one system it used to be, mostly because we graduated a lot of those guys. But right. it's, I mean, it's,
2: it's yeah. enviable that in the last couple of years – the Braves have been able to patch every hole with a top prospect, whether that's Riley, Pash, the, you know, the mm-hmm. the absolute conga line of top pitching prospects of, uh, you know, and like 80 percent of them have failed and you still have a young quality rotation of, yep. you know, Morton, not so not so young anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like he's our 37 year old uh, number two pitcher. <laughs> I didn't realize Smiley is actually going to be 32 this year. So Smiley, a little older as well. But yeah, I think the pitching is going to be great. The hitting will be good as long as they stay healthy. We've got some interesting young arms left in the minors, but there is nothing left in the minors as far as hitting goes besides like Drew Waters. I, I don't mean to
2: alarm you, but that is exactly what I've been saying about the Mets leading into the last couple of years. Oh boy. It's gotta be great as long as no one gets hurt.
1: <laughs> yeah. Baseball's hard. <laughs> well, alrighty. I think that about covers our little Mets coverage there. Uh I did wanna go ahead and we'll jump into our mailbag here. As usual, we like to devote a large portion of the podcast to answering your questions on the air. So if you have questions you want me and my guests to answer, uh, you can tweet them to me directly at Bristowski, or you can join our PL Plus Discord server. Uh, Schwebs, what's your favorite part about the Discord server?
2: Uh, My favorite part about the Discord server
1: is- Is that you're in charge. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I've, I've actually I've actually just become a moderator there. So uh, if you if you do decide to join the pitcher list Discord and you you decide to you know kind of act out, I'll be the one banning you. Hi. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's it's such a great place. It's great if you want to like expand your knowledge because there's so many smart people in there. I like to think that I kind of know my stuff about baseball, and I regularly feel like an idiot in there. And oh yeah. Yeah, no. And the, the beautiful thing about it is that no one is condescending. Like everyone is friendly and willing to teach, to explain. It's such a great place for learning. I mean, and it's diverse. We have a channel for everything. You know, Yeah. you want to talk about Dune, the book? Let's we, we have a book channel. You want to talk about the latest metal release? We have like a dozen metal aficionados. We have, you know, want to talk channel, about WandaVision? Yeah. We got that. Video games? We got that. It's just, it's such a fun place to just hang out. I spend a wildly inappropriate amount of my day just hanging out in the list Discord talking to people.
0: Yeah.
1: Recently, I've been, uh, I've, it's been requested that I give daily updates on my progress on uh, my first playthrough of God of War 2018. So that's been what I've been doing in the video game channel. So, so. That's a pretty decent uh, segue there. Our first question I had was from your co host, Jordan White. Jordan so and so. Jordan so and so. Jordan, uh, Jordan. Uh, he wants to know uh, what was the favorite, your favorite video game you played in 2020? And then what's your favorite game of all time?
2: Ooh. So my favorite game of 2020 was probably Hades. I don't know if it, I I think it hit early access in 2019, but it came out like in full force in 2020 and I, it's, it floored me. Like it, it got so much hype as a game of the year contender. And I kind of did that thing where I was like, all these people can't possibly be right. And I didn't listen. And then I finally started it at like the behest of pitcherless people like Nick Pollock and Jordan and uh, I, I'm so thankful that I finally picked it up because it's just a delight of a game it's challenging it's, uh, it, it, it's versatile it's a, it's a roguelike so you're basically mm-hmm. constantly playing the same game over and over again but it's designed so perfectly that it's just constantly engaging and different and you can play it so many different ways the meta narrative is beautiful the characters are great I, I really I can't gush enough about this game uh, as for favorite video game of all time, uh, we're gonna we're gonna stick with the uh, the, the Greek stuff here and uh, talk about Kratos, who uh, tore his way through the Greek pantheon before moving on to some Norse stuff in uh, in the New God of War. Uh, I loved loved the, the the game you're playing through right now. Yeah, 2018's God of War. I I have a really hard time comparing games across eras like final fantasy 7 is a strong contender for my favorite game ever also but uh god of war is freshest in my mind it was by far my favorite game of the ps4 generation like i, I absolutely love that game i'm a big sucker for games with good stories and uh it, before we wrap up this particular subject can you give me your best boy boy perfect i love it <laughs> my wife is already very tired of that let me tell I got, you i got so much mileage uh, from that around the house with the fiance when i was playing that
1: oh my yeah she, she i i've been referring to our cat uh by just looking at him and going boy and <laughs> and she's she is very tired of it and i've only been playing the game for like three days <laughs> It doesn't get better
2: It just, it just doesn't just, it's, You just After a while you internalize it And you'll start saying it in more situations
1: It's And see when I played through Red Dead Redemption 2 I would Whenever I would talk to our other cat And I'd be petting her I'd be like you're alright girl And, <laughs> and so I, After talking like a cowboy During that one now I'm just Boy <laughs> <laughs> Though, if I'm if I'm looking at my personal favorites, uh, from the la- best game I played in 2020 uh, was easily Hollow Knight. Uh, I'm not sure if you've played it, Schwebs. It is little bit so good. I loved it. I I like you said, you're a sucker for games with stories. I'm a sucker for uh, really small scale indie games that do so much with so little. Um, I think Hollow Knight is one of the best platformers that has come out in the last decade Uh, its controls are so simple but effective the areas that you go through are each unique and some are breathtaking while others are horrifying and legitimately creepy even though it's a 2D side scroller Um, but the music is probably the best part. The the score of Hollow Knight is just gorgeous. So I I could gush about Hollow Knight for a while. I'm very excited about Silksong. Um, favorite video game of all time is hard for me. I I love Breath of the Wild. Um, I think it's a a masterpiece, a 10 out of 10 game. Um my my old answer to this used to be uh Pokemon soul silver I'm a huge huge Pokemon Mm, nerd and I think soul silver is I I, it is a perfect remake um it's so good I think it's soul silver and platinum are the best Pokemon games um so I think that that might be my answer uh other ones that would be in consideration uh honestly Hollow Knight is way up there for me um Marvel's Spider-Man I thought was fantastic yes uh such a good game it had problems like the Mary Jane levels were atrocious but (laughs) I I think besides that it's very 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 good with a great story fantastic gameplay so those those are some of my favorites at least
2: have you gotten a chance to play miles
1: morales yet because that was so good i haven't i don't have a ps5 my my brother does but he lives in illinois Uh, so i'll get there at some point um i once uh, once i have money (laughs) it's fair Uh, currently my wife and i are both very broke grad students so (laughs) we're both getting our masters i cannot recommend doing that at the same time (laughs) it's a lot Uh, but (laughs) we'll go ahead and move on a little bit here. Uh, Miles Nelson, one of our good buddies of our Pitcher List, wants to know who is your favorite active player that doesn't play in New York? Ooh,
2: that is that's a really hard question for me because one of the things like one of the side effects of joining on with the Petrolist crew is you gain such appreciation for so many players that you wouldn't have normally thought of um hmm i i would have to say i i want to say like my current favorite just because it's a player that i find wildly interesting at this moment is probably corbin burns Because Mm. I I love how like he so in 2019 we thought like he's got this absurd slider and he's gonna build off that right but then like everything else went wrong and then all of a sudden in 2020 he's like you know what I'm just gonna throw a sinker and a cutter now and they're both and like the the sinker was kind of underwhelming but the the cutter. And the slider were just like filthy pitches for him. And he basically reinvented himself as a pitcher, like just in one offseason. And now and and like I find volatile players interesting, like the range of outcomes on Corbin Burns are so wide. And I think I'm probably going to wind up with a lot of shares of him this year just because I like to I like to bank on that kind of upside. Yeah. But yeah, Burns is very fun.
1: That's a good one. I traded for him uh, in the off-season before 2020, and uh, that worked out really well. (laughs) That worked out very nicely. I bet. Um, If I were to pick my favorite player outside of Atlanta, uh, it might be Frankie Lindor. Yeah. Uh, He's just such a fun and interesting and smiley person. And I really don't like that he plays for the Mets now because it was way easier to root for him when he was an Indian, or at least when he was playing for the Cleveland baseball team.
2: Yeah, I, I I have the same kind of conflict of interest in my own head with like Freddie Freeman. Like it's so I can't root against him. Like he's he seems like such a
1: good dude. He's just the best. Freddie Freeman's just the best. I hope he never ever plays for another organization. Well, let's go ahead and just. I wanted to get your thoughts on. Um, there have been a few big signings uh, in the past few days. Uh, we're recording now on Saturday, February sixth, and just in the past few days alone, we've seen Jonathan Lucroy sign with the White Sox, Mike Foltynewicz goes to the Rangers. I mean, these are these are big names here. Uh, <laughs> what I, I love to hear your thoughts. Wait, this is this is this a joke? I can't tell if this is a bit. Are we? Are we? Oh no, this is certainly a bit. <laughs> 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 Do you? I I guess I'll I'll give this to you. Uh, do you think that uh, Lucroy to the White Sox or Folti to the Rangers? Do you think either of them will be viable in twelve-team standard leagues this year? Twelve-team standard, probably not.
2: I think Faulty will wind up being relevant in some sort of league, whether. Uh, but I I don't think he's going to like crack your rotation. I, you know like he's definitely not going to be drafted in like your top 300 which is kind of where no. the standard league cutoff is or like 330 or whatever uh yeah F- full faulty one interesting thing about faulty is i think uh, at least i had this image of him in my head where it's like oh well he before last year he used to be pretty good and then like i was looking at his career numbers and like he kind of topped out as like a league average starter that got lucky once yep I thought he was better than that, so I'm not super optimistic about him being fantasy-relevant this year. Although, maybe in that massive Costco that they call a stadium in Texas, maybe maybe he'll
1: do well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe. He's going to what is... We don't know for sure, but it seems to be one of the better pitchers' parks in baseball now in Texas, which is very interesting for a, yeah. for a from an organization to go from one of the better hitters' parks to now one of the best pitchers' parks. It's interesting that Texas turned into a pitcher's park,
2: and now they see now they just traded for Chris Davis, which just happened today. Yeah, and now, so I guess your strategy in the pitcher's park is to just sign you know acquire guys who can hit the ball five hundred feet.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yep. They traded uh, Elvis Andrews, longtime Ranger, for uh, Krys Davis. Um, I think Elvis Andrews on the uh, Red or not the Red, the the Athletics, is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, he had a Gonna bad play. bad year in 2020, but a bad year of 2020 is a bad six weeks, basically. Right. A bad two months. Um, so, I I definitely think. We 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 might not have heard the last of Andrews, uh, but then there's there's I mean if we want to get to the real signings there's Jonathan VR is signed a minor league deal with the Reds. I I tweeted
2: out today that that might be the single biggest discrepancy in like fantasy value and real life value because yeah. in real life Jonathan VR like is bad he's not a good baseball player but he's a he's around ADP hundred or so right now and. He's going to get drafted. Steals are weird. But all right. He's not fast. That's the crazy thing. Uh, He's like so much slower compared to the other guys who steal a lot of bases. It's so weird. He doesn't have power and he still hits home runs. He doesn't. He's not fast and he still steals bases. I don't understand VR. Do you want to understand him?
1: No, I like that he's weird. Well, I might be able to help you understand him a little bit uh, in a few weeks. I've, I've, oh. got a, I've got a thing cooking with a spot that I'm excited about, um, so Ooh. hopefully I can help you understand why Jonathan VR, he, although not fast, is still good in fantasy terms. <laughs> I'm excited to hear. Well, let's talk about the big boys, at least. So Bauer, as we mentioned before, has signed for three years with the Los Angeles Dodgers, And uh, this happened yesterday. And yesterday we also got Marcelo Zuna coming back to my Atlanta Braves. That felt good. It's very
2: uh, upsetting being in the same division as the Braves because it's like how how rarely do they make like an actual like real misstep like Uh... like that will affect them for like a while.
1: The last ones were B.J. Upton and and Nugla, I think. It's,
2: like, it's such a well-run franchise with a very clear strategy, and they did the two most appalling things ever in stealing years of Acuna and Albie's careers for a uh, pittance. And uh, it's just really upsetting to be in the division with them, where while they have this, as I said before, a conga line of prospects and these underpaid studs, uh, it's it's very it's very depressing having to see that all the time and compete against it. And yeah. also on top of that, uh, like I said, a very clear strategy: uh, they attack the holes on their roster like relatively aggressively. Like if you remember, they were the first teams the first team to really act in this offseason when they got Morton. Um, they they got Smiley right after they that. They got Smiley. Yeah. And, I mean, I'd say four for 65 is a pretty good price for a hitter of Ozuna's caliber, especially if he can DH for the last three years of that.
1: What's even better is um, there's a – the contract includes a club option for a fifth year. uh $16 million, uh, and it's only a $1 million buyout like that's a really nice contract for a guy that was an MVP candidate this last year.
2: And I mean, good for Ozuna for being like one dimensional hitters, like don't really get that kind of deal that often anymore, even if they are as good as Ozuna. So really, you know, good for him for getting that kind of AAV over that many years. Yeah. He's, he, uh,
1: he was a big part of our clubhouse dynamic this last year. He's the one who started the kind of mixing bowl thing that we had going on, uh, which was fantastic, and I hope that sticks around forever. I don't understand it, but I love it. Um, do you so, remember? Oh um, my! Do you remember like
2: the 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 mill thing from Todd Frazier a few years ago with the Mets?
1: Oh gosh, wasn't that uh, it? Wasn't that? grinding the salt or something like i get that? it was
2: like a salt shake like a salt grinder I, yeah I, th- grinder I thought it, it was salt. a like we're being salty sort of thing. i don't know it, i don't understand it but i loved it I so I, I get it. it i totally yeah.
1: get it so it's this is one of those weird things so it he seems like he's a great presence in the clubhouse and i mean having a one two three of a freeman ozuna uh that's nasty it's I a nice put, lineup man I'd put that up against any one, two, three in baseball. Yep. So, like, I, I'm not sure what we might get from... Uh, Albie's had kind of a down year. Um, it's I'm interested to see if Swanson can keep up what he did last year. I would love for
0: Riley to be better,
1: and I'd like to see if we can get something interesting from Pache in his first full season. So we've got, we, we got some question marks for sure in the lineup, but the top of it, looking very good. This is
2: only tangentially related, but how did you feel about MLB network calling Jeff McNeil, the second best second baseman in baseball while Albies was like number 10?
1: Uh, I
2: thought that was actually comical, totally <laughs> accurate and true. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that I don't, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, correct me if I'm wrong. uh I, I, at second, McNeil is kind of okay he, defensively.
2: Uh, I, I'd say like uh, a tick above average.
1: Okay. Um, Ozzy Alves is a Gold Glove second baseman, who's I I don't know if he's as good a hitter as McNeil, but they're they're comparable. I think.
2: Yeah, uh, Ozzy. Uh, Albies has more pop. McNeil hits for average better. Like it's yeah. it probably evens out. Although McNeil does put up considerably better, considerably better OBP's.
1: True. Albies does not walk very much. That's true. So, sure. If that, if that makes, Jeff McNeil the no. second best second baseman, which he's not even a second baseman. Also, to be fair.
2: Right, he, well, he's that's not his fault. Like that, that's no. that's on that's on Brody Van Wagner acquiring Robbie Cano's corpse and uh, putting him at second base. But it's funny because I think, like they get there wildly different ways. But I actually do think like if they're both healthy, that they wind up in the same like WAR range, like in the you know, oh, somewhere yeah. between like four and five.
1: Yeah, I think they're they're
2: both very good. I'm not. Yeah, I don't I want to disparage either at all.
1: I love McNeil. Um I've been trying to trade for him in my Dynasty League for a while. Um but yeah, I, I think they're both very good players, but that was that was kinda comical. There was I a couple of weird ones in there that were above all these, and I was like, that's strange. My
2: favorite thing to do with those lists is see the people that they rank low and then just constantly bring it up to people who are fans of those teams. Good.
1: <laughs> that's like, like you've done just now. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I do remember back in the day though, um, when I was about like 14, 15 and I was doing fantasy stuff and I was starting to, you know, I was doing the process of making my own rankings. Um, I would actually start with that list. <laughs> I would start with the MLB network top 10 right now or whatever. And that would be my starting point, And I could move it from there. How's that feel now? Uh, I've come a long way. I, I, I've 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 grown and I've that's, become wiser. That's all we can hope for. I know. I, it's, I can, it's nice to at least recognize I have made some progression in my you know, analysis.
2: <laughs> a a fun thing of being a fantasy player over the years is that you know you can track the development of like analytics, because it's like when I first started in fantasy, it was like man i'm paying attention to these guys whips no one's looking at this stuff and <laughs> it's like it's progressed
1: so much over the years ain't nobody looking at a whip <laughs> that's awesome well all righty i think that just about does it for us so schwebs give me a what are you working on right now what's what's you what are you excited about
2: I mean, we, we touched on it earlier in a, in a few days. Well, I, whenever, the, it, it, whenever this drops, you'll probably see uh, my <laughs> podcast around the same time in the deep. You can find it on any of your podcast providers, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple, Amazon, literally everywhere. So, uh, yeah, that's where that's where you can find me. If you enjoyed this here today, there's more of that there.
1: Nice. Very nice. And one more time, where can the people find you on the Twitters? Schwebzy.com
2: s h uh, w e b s i very nice i i
1: mistakenly add in a c far too often
2: everyone does and i don't understand why
1: i it's a german thing i had a i had a band director named schmink with the sch so it's funny because my my I, I am
2: part german that's where my last name comes from christopher weber weber <laughs> that
1: would be me Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, there is no C. S H W E S B I. I got caught in the middle. S H Web S
2: <laughs> I. Exactly. It used to be Chris Weber, Staten Island, C Web S I, and it just morphed into a word.
1: Oh. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's what that means. Okay. I don't think I ever actually understood where it came from.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. You can find me at Schwebzy on Twitter, on Twitch, anywhere on the internet, really.
1: Fantastic. Well, all right. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you and we will catch all of you next time on the list. (laughs)